0: Hello and welcome to it's a fandom thing. On this episode, Erin A is joining me to discuss the television show Chuck, which I know. I think this is her all-time favorite show. That's what I was <laughs> saying. Is is this your all-time favorite show? It yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> I like to I like to say Doctor Who, but this is yeah. actually probably it.
0: Yeah, because I knew it was like either this or Doctor Who, but I wasn't positive which one. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just going to be Aaron and I. So it's just going to be the two Aaron's discussing this show, but it should be a lot of fun. And I'm very new to it. I didn't get a chance to finish the series because I just it was a lot of episodes. So I didn't get a chance to, but I got a feel for it. So uh, a pretty big feel for it. So that helps. So before we do that, just a quick announcement. Tomorrow night, since this is dropping on Friday, we are doing our live trivia night So you have until 5.58 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to sign up to be part of the trivia. What that means is you'll have to join the live chat and we'll have guest pods on and they have different trivia questions. Some podcasts are giving away prizes like we are. Some podcasts are giving away. Basically, what they're doing is they're saying, like, we will donate a certain amount, 25 to 20 dollars to uh, the charity of your choice. So it depends on the podcast. Some podcasts are offering 25 per, some 20. So just to let you know, it's not just for just prizes. It's also for a good cause. So that should be a lot of fun. So we're only taking up to 20 people max. We just thought we probably couldn't take any more than that right now with it being our first one. And then I just am still going to give a heads up. I know this is not until September, but September will be here before we know it. We have decided we are also going to be doing a trivia bracket coming in to celebrate Halloween. And that's going to start in September and run through the beginning of November. And we are going to be ironing it out, but it'll be basically well our live streams every week for that time we will just be quick little things. We'll try and have guest pods, maybe some other special guests on to do some trivia and, you know, and kind of just narrow brackets down until we have one ultimate winner. So that should be a lot of fun, more information on that to come soon. Okay, so Aaron, what are you into right now? Um, well, besides
1: having the best week ever watching episodes of Chuck, <laughs> which was so great, uh, I've been watching Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. I don't know if I like it yet, but it's interesting, I guess. It's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've watched like five episodes and I'm still like not sure what's the point of it. Most of the characters like have no redeeming qualities. Um, yeah, I don't, that's the only thing I've seen besides like 50 episodes of Chuck this week.
0: So we'll say I'm into Chuck. How about that? That's funny. And that's what I said I was into on our, on our friends um, episode. I live love stream. it. This makes me
1: so happy that I've bullied you into Chuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bully me. <mean to> <laughs> and I want to know what is this Jupiter rising show? Because when we did our friends live stream, uh, one of our viewers, Michael, he was saying, you know, I I left watching that to watch this live stream. And I'm like, what is this show? I've never even heard of this show, honestly. And then all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. So
1: yeah, me too. I never heard of it before. I don't know if it's like based on something. Or anything, it just came up in the Netflix queue as recommendations. It looked interesting. It's got Josh Joshua Dumel in it, who oh, okay, I do like him. I don't know. I don't know if I forgive him for marrying Fergie, but it's fine. I don't know. They're like superheroes, sort of. But a lot oh. of they have kids now, and their kids are like having a tough time being superheroes. And they've got this weird code that you can't kill anybody, but then the kid kills a bad guy to save his dad, but his dad's all like pissed off about it. So I don't know. They all <laughs> they all seem like super annoying, but my husband likes it. So we, we've watched they five all,
0: episodes. They all seem super annoying. That's why. <laughs> I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay. Well now I get a little bit, I think actually I did hear about it then, but the name yeah. just didn't. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this show is, but okay. Thank you for clearing that up with me. <laughs> And this is the other Aaron. And I'm into two performances. I don't think the movies are as good as the performances. The first one is somebody that I've mentioned, of course, uh, countless times. And that is Kelvin Harrison Jr. And he has a new movie out on Netflix called Monster. And it's really all about the justice system and how it treats uh, Black men in America. And he plays a character who is 17 And I guess this movie was made actually in 2018 and it struggled to find distribution. Um, And it's not necessarily the greatest movie, but his performance is so, so good. And he's a kid who's 17 and he gets uh, arrested for allegedly helping these other two Black men rob this bodega in New York and then end up shooting and killing the um, clerk behind the counter. I don't know if he was the owner, but, um, and they ended up shooting and killing him. And so then he also gets arrested for basic, I don't know if they were charging with second degree or was manslaughter, I can't remember, but for being there because they said the two men that went in there to rob the store said that he was their lookout and he was supposed to go in there and scout for people being there. So it's just, again, a story about, Uh, the justice system and how messed up our justice system is. And it's also just a real, it's just a portrayal of this young kid and who has all these dreams and watching him dealing with the fear of all those dreams possibly going away. And it's just an amazing performance. He's just truly the most gifted actor, I think in that young twenties generation, I mean, age wise, he's just amazing. And then the other movie, And I actually watched both these. I can't believe I watched two movies. I just have to say that first off. It's pretty incredible. But I watched it right before we started recording this. I'm like, I'm just going to take a break and watch two things that have nothing to do with podcasting. But I watched this movie called Things Heard and Seen. And this is also on Netflix. And I just want to point out Amanda Seyfried's performance. This is like a supernatural thriller. It's not the best movie. I didn't read the book it's based on, but it's not the best movie. But she's really really, really good in it. So that's the only reason I recommend watching it necessarily. Okay, so let's get into Chuck. So Erin, I know you are not very prepared for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just
1: kidding. It's (laughs) only seven pages, okay?
0: I think that's so awesome. So I want to know, first off, I know it's probably hard to answer this question, but name some of your favorite episodes or even moments, even if it's just that.
1: Okay. So my problem here <laughs> is that I love all the episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I started making my outline of like, the, yeah, favorite episodes, that's always what we talk about. I just, I can't decide. There's, <laughs> I've watched probably, so there's, the whole series is five seasons. There's 91, 91, 92 episodes, like the last episodes a double. And I just, I was like, I can't watch all five Seasons, again, I've seen them all like five times at least anyway. But I started trying to go through the list and just watch the ones that I liked. And every single one, I can think of something I liked about that episode. I think some of the really big ones, um, there's one called Chuck versus the Beard. And that was the episode where Morgan finds out that Chuck is a spy. And I think that's kind of the fan favorite Last year, um, the Chuck cast did a, a, uh, I don't remember what they called it, basically a table read on Zoom for charity, and there was a contest voting to see what episode they were going to do, and that's the one that won, because that's a very good episode. It's got a a ton of people in it, kind of showcases every single character a little bit. I think that was in season three, I believe... So I think that's a really good one. All of the episodes where like his key family members find out about him being a spy, I think were really good well-written episodes because the whole show is just a, has so much heart to it and they they treat their characters so sweet with their interactions. Um there's some heartbreaking moments but especially those ones where they find out And like, you know, their whole world changes. And yeah, everyone's so supportive. Um, That was one of the things in Chuck versus the beard. When Morgan finds out they're like tied up and about to die. And Chuck's like, I have a confession. And he tells him and he's so scared that he's just going to be mad and hate him. And like, why did you keep this from me for years? And he it's it's silent and dramatic. He goes, this is awesome. He's like, this is the greatest (laughs) thing I've ever heard. My best friend's a spy. So that's really sweet. There's uh, Chuck versus the ring that's at Ellie and Awesome's wedding, and they kind of like ruin the wedding, take down the ring. That's a really good one. I I did notice a pattern in all of my really favorite episodes also involve Jeffster, and I don't know if you've got to the Jeffster, any of those episodes yet. I don't think I have.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still in season two. Okay.
1: Man, I don't remember what their first episode is. Jeff and Lester make a band, and they do like these over-the-top ridiculous covers, and it's so fantastic. Those two are just perfect. They're two of my favorites, and uh, just about every single one of these episodes has Jeffster somewhere on it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a coincidence or what. Um the Chuck versus the Crown Vic is just funny because he blows up Casey's car, uh, which Casey and yeah, his car. He, is it well? Is, wasn't that the one with? Was that the one with the boat?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, on the, yeah. So I did see that one. I have seen yeah. One. I those. One, so. Casey loves his car more than anything.
2: Uh,
1: it's just like a 1985 Crown Victoria, and Chuck's like, "That's your dream car." <laughs> <laughs> like a lady, she doesn't like it when you talk about her age. <laughs> And then the Christmas episodes, there's two Christmas episodes that are also very sweet. Um, I think the first one was in the first season, I think, um, when they're held hostage at the Bymore.
0: That's actually the second season because I just watched that. Oh, okay.
1: Yes, that's a good one. I yeah. think that's that's really sweet too.
0: But yeah, yeah all of them is my answer. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Okay. And just heads up, everybody. Of course. I mean, this is an older show, so I'm really bad at telling people yeah. <laughs> shows or things that have been out that we're going to spoil things, but That's I, mean, true. I think you should kind of know we're going to spoil things if you're going to. Yeah. Speak. I
1: don't know how spoiler we can get on a show that ended nine years ago. I know. I know. Well, I know. Try not to spoil things for you that I think will be really fun for you to find out. <laughs> I don't care about anybody listening, but for
0: you <laughs> everybody listening to me uh, but just a heads up there will probably be spoilers so just to let everybody know if you you know want to be you know i do think there is mm-hmm. a time limit on spoilers i think there is a point where you kind of have to i don't know police yeah. yourself and not listen to anything mentioning things but anyway that's a conversation it's been, for
1: na- <laughs> it's been on streaming for like a really long time it was on netflix for a long time and then it got switched over to amazon so mm-hmm. anybody and everybody should go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's, yeah, it's hysterical.
0: Yeah, I did actually tell my mom to watch it because I was watching <laughs> it and I was like, okay, I think my mom would like this show. So I so I don't know if she started it yet, but I told her to watch it because she's always asking me for show recommendations, and since most of the stuff I watch is not stuff she would <laughs> like, <laughs> I like I can't recommend anything, but. It's, I think this this show definitely like well, and it's like such a
1: great show for like everybody. It has mm-hmm. everything in it, like adventure and comedy and spies and some romance. And every episode kind of follows the whole the same of there's some sort of drama at the beginning and then they. You know go do their spy mission thing and then it's resolved so you can kind of jump in and watch Mm -hmm. any episode Um, but then there's the overarching uh, themes across the season also but it's like really wholesome i don't think there's like even any cussing in it like people get shot but there's not really that much blood it's really Mm -hmm. is something that you can like watch with the whole family
0: yeah, I think that's why I recommended it to her, because she's always looking for stuff that's, like, not too – she's like, everything's so dark. <laughs> she doesn't mm-hmm. like really dark things, so it's opposite of me. So, you know, so a lot of the stuff – and every time I recommend things that aren't, like, I've been trying to get her to watch Shits Creek for – I can't even <laughs> tell you how long. Because that show is made for my mom, <laughs> and she just can't get into it for some reason, and I keep saying, you know what, why don't you just skip the first – season or something and just get started this and you'll fall in love with it. And I, cause I've shown her clips of stuff that are coming up and she's like, oh, I love it. But anyway, but you know, I, what I like about this show, cause I just started watching it recently, of course, is it reminds me a lot. And I know it's not by the same people or anything, but it reminds me a lot of the show white collar. And that's, and I mean, it is funny because what's his name? How am I forgetting his name?
1: Matthew Bomer,
0: him. right? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Because Matthew Bomer is in this, which I didn't know that, or if I did know that, I forgot. But, and he of course was the star, one of the stars of, of White Collar. And I don't know if anyone else has seen that show. We'll have to mm-hmm. cover it sometime on here, but I love that show. And it has that same kind of feel to me, like the way it's shot and the way it's done. It's, I don't want to say slick, but it's, uh, it's kind of, it's fun. It's more fun than dark. Like, I think when you're doing any show that's about spies or the CIA or anything like that, you either are going to be really dark or more uh, on the lighter side, trying to be more uh, not fantastical, but almost like that, like kind of like almost a fantasy world Mm -hmm. in a way. And I think that's more what this show does. Whereas you'll get other ones that are darker. And I think White Collar was a lot like that too. Although White Collar was a lot more adult than this one, but it still had that same kind of feel to me. I don't know. That's the way it struck me the second I started watching it. Yeah,
1: that's true. And it's funny that you say that because whenever the show was like in fear of being canceled, a lot of people wanted it to move to USA. Yeah, it feels like a USA show. (laughs) And it reminds me a lot of Psych too. I think, which was also on USA. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, it does. It it definitely has, I don't know how to describe it either, but it's got that feeling. It's funny that you'd mentioned that because yeah, it does seem like it should be on USA and it probably would have done better. Probably.
0: Yeah. Cause it is that kind of show. Cause USA does have this very niche thing, which, I mean, maybe we'll just have to do a, a month just covering those shows. Cause it does. Cause I mean, it's got, you know, white collar and suits and psych and burn, burn, notice, burn notice and all those and they all kind of have the same kind of feel i mean there are other ones that are a little bit darker like uh the sinner is way darker <laughs> that took a turn. On USA. <laughs> but they all kind of have the same kind of feel to them and that's why when i was watching this it's like oh this was NBC, uh and even the title sequence which i have to say i just want to say real quickly this isn't on the outline i know but i really like the title sequence in this because i don't always watch title sequences. Once you're able to skip them, I usually skip mm-hmm. them. I'll watch them the first time I've, I've, never seen it, but this one I didn't really skip. And I, I, it could be because it's got the cake song on there. It's just the music, <laughs> but it's got the cake song. I just think it's kind of clever. So I just want yeah, that. it's,
1: it, that's true. I don't skip it either. I think it's cute because the song and it's like some cute nerdy version of a James Bond intro.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to
1: describe. Is, it. I think that's a
0: perfect way to describe the whole show.
1: It it is, yeah. Well, <laughs> and the the way that they had sold the show uh, when they got the pilot done is they had pitched it to Warner Brothers as um, a spy adventure comedy, like a cross between the a- between Alias and The Office, which <laughs> I
0: think like kind of perfectly actually describes it. Like they nailed it. That's funny. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good way to pitch the show too. Because yeah. Uh, So I want to talk about the characters and of course I want to just talk about Chuck first and then we can talk about any other characters you want to talk about, but I just want to spend a few moments on him. So what are your thoughts on Chuck? And you can even talk about Zachary Levi's performance too. Yeah,
1: I am in love with Zachary Levi. (laughs) I think it's, it might be a problem. (laughs) Uh, He is such a nice person. Oh my god. Um he did this I'm totally going like off on a tangent here but he used to do uh this thing at San Diego Comic-Con called Nerd HQ that was free to everybody. It was all for charity and it was across I don't know if you've been to San Diego but like the mm-hmm. convention center, the whole convention center and everything is all where the the big con is and there's a children's museum like across the park and it was at the children's museum and it was to benefit one of his charities operation smile and people would just come over after they finished their panel at comic-con would just come over and do panels over there for charity they'd sign stuff they'd take pictures they made so much money and this was all something that he just put together himself just because he is also a huge nerd like the rest of us and (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately it got he got too busy he became too famous <laughs> we can't keep him to ourselves anymore because he is now an actual superhero. Because I'm sure everyone probably mostly knows him from Sh- Shazam. Now um, he's been in a lot of other things too, but that's probably the biggest thing that he's done recently. But yeah, just got too much for him to do that and work. So unfortunately, we haven't had that in a couple years. But he is like he is Chuck. He's a big nerd like the rest of us. Oh, you know, what? I bet people with children probably he's in Rapunzel. He's Flynn Rider, the voice of Flynn Rider and Rapunzel, which I don't watch animated movies, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I'm sorry. Not even for him? I know. His, his dreamy I don't voice the <laughs> I don't know. Might, might make it weird. Um, but, okay, Chuck. Chuck is so sweet. He is just this loving guy who his family and his friends are everything to him Um, he is super smart he went to Stanford he got kicked out of Stanford because he was accused of cheating which he did not Um, it was all a ploy by his uh, best friend to protect him to keep him out of the spy life and that just shows that he has really great friends too Um, gosh what do I say about Chuck (laughs) He's he's just super sweet and like his his sister means everything to him. Both of their parents kind of like abandoned them, so it's just the two of them and I think the show has a really great theme about like your chosen family because he's he's made this family for himself of his sister and her husband and Morgan and some of the characters at the Bymore and he'll do anything for him. He's showed that numerous times over and over again um, he's not a great spy at first and then he kind of works his way into it and i like that we get to see the progression of his character of kind of maturing into an adult because he kind of stuck in this little holding pattern at the Bymore until someone comes along and tells him you are better than the buy more you can do more stuff you can be a spy even if you don't have the intersect in your head anymore he goes back and forth of having the intersected and not, and he knows kung fu and he doesn't and <laughs> kind of towards the end he's like in the whole last season he basically doesn't have the intersect at all and he's just a spy and he's good at it and i do i i enjoy all of the he he won't kill anybody and he doesn't like guns Um, but he will use a trank gun and i think that's one of the funnier ongoing jokes with the trank gun and whenever (laughs) there's a scene where he's threatening casey with the trank gun and casey's like you don't even have the decency to threaten me with a real gun (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think i i can't imagine anybody else being able to pull off that role i think a lot of it helps that he really is kind of into all of that nerdy stuff that chuck is into
0: I think a lot of actors are into a lot of geeky, nerdy stuff. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I think a lot of them are into the same kind of stuff that we are and a lot of creators are because that's why they're creating this stuff because they loved this world so much and loved all this stuff so much that they're like, I want to be a part of this in some way. Mm -hmm. So I think there are a lot more that are like that than aren't. I'm not saying there are ones that are like, oh, I'm not into that stuff at all. But I think a lot of actors are than... um, and, in you know, they're fans first, and then they become part of that world. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, I th- I think it's a great character. I think he's a really sweet. He's really earnest. He's really honest. He's really tr- truthful. And so I think that's why it's really hard. I haven't gotten to the part where he's told anybody that doesn't know the truth. <laughs> but I think it, that's why it's so hard for him to keep all this stuff from people because he is such a – honest person and so I think for him especially the fact that he was kicked out of Stanford for something he didn't do and something that was basically going against his character and almost saying he wasn't an honest or truthful person I think then to have to do this and have to lie to everybody he loves and holds dear and then they're starting to think he's not as reliable like you see a lot with the Morgan character he seems Envious and jealous, and like he really just doesn't understand why he can't have his friend in his life as much. And then the times when he's letting down his sister, or the Mother's Day episode, when you know they have to postpone that day because he's got all this other stuff he has to do, and he doesn't want to do that. And but he can't tell them that you know it's not that I'm doing this on purpose, it's just something I have to do, like I have no other choice. And I think it's really, really hard for him. So, I imagine once he's able to tell everybody after the initial point of like having to deal with the consequences of that. I'm sure it's a big relief for him because then he doesn't have to lie so much to his family and not just his biological family, of course, but his found family. So I'm sure that's a big, a big relief to him. I have, like I said, I haven't seen that yet, but I'm guessing it's a, especially his sister. I would say probably that was, that would be my guess. Is that true was that the biggest relief for him when she finally found out? Or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, either her or
1: Morgan, she was the last to find out. Uh, you haven't got to anybody finding out. What's funny is awesome is the first person to find out. I think oh, okay. that's the maybe the last episode of season 2, I think. So, uh, yeah, he really has a lot of weight on his shoulders of not being able to tell his family. And it does help him. Um, there's an episode, well, a couple episodes where he can't flash anymore. And it's because he's like so stressed out and has all these feelings. And the intersect wasn't meant for someone with feelings. It wasn't meant for a spy. It was meant for someone, you know, very tough and like, you know, Sarah or Bryce or somebody. So, yeah, definitely he can kind of get in his own head about stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that brings up a a question because the character Bryce, the way it's presented, when you find out that Bryce actually, you know, did this, got him kicked out of Stanford to protect him because Stan, because the CIA and all these other (laughs) places were were recruiting everybody from Stanford. Which I'm like, is that real or (laughs) (laughs) is that where all the people the CIA come from? But he didn't want that to happen to Chuck because. Chuck is such a great guy and has a good heart and wouldn't be able to handle it, but it makes you wonder why would he then trust Chuck with the interceptor? Want to do that to Chuck? I'm just, I don't know if that gets answered later on, or I'm just curious what your thoughts are, why he would do that if he wanted to protect him for so long from that.
1: Yeah. So I know the answer, but it's not in the show. It an interview with the creators. They kind of talked about it. Gosh, there's a really great podcast called Chuck versus the podcast who, whenever the show was on TV, they would do an episode every week as a show came out and they interviewed mm-hmm. like everybody in the world related to the show, all of the actors, all the creators, all the writers, everybody. It was, is a really great podcast. If you're into the show, you should definitely check it out. If you haven't st- seen it yet, um, they started doing YouTube uh, episodes later on too but the original plan was that it was an accident that he sent it to chuck (laughs) but they cut that out because it just it's it, it did i think it made it a better story that he trusted chuck he was the only person that he could trust he didn't know who was uh working for the ring inside the cia and he knew chuck was chuck was the only person that couldn't have been turned uh, but the original plan was that it was like in his phone was CIA and then Chuck and he picked oh. the wrong one, <laughs> <laughs> which I think would have been ridiculous. I like that he yeah. trusts he trusts Chuck more than anybody because they had such a you know pure friendship and he knows he's a good person and yeah, Bryce kind of comes and goes and dies a lot. But- <laughs>
0: comes and goes and dies a lot <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: he's like the dean winchester <laughs> of oh, oh,
0: chuck That's funny No, i'm just curious about that but that makes sense yeah because you could tell that he trusted him and he yeah knew that chuck was an honest guy i just always wondered that because i was like okay if he wants to protect him from this life he's basically throwing him into the life by doing that yeah. I she think may it was, not have even realized that's what was going to happen.
1: Um, right. Well, I think it was like a last ditch effort to save all of this that they'd worked on. Yeah. And he knew Chuck had the potential to handle it. Um, and he knew it was a safe, a safe person to send it to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, if if he had been an accident and he accidentally pressed Chuck instead of CIA, (laughs) that would have been pretty ridiculous. Right. Pretty stupid. I mean,
1: the show is pretty ridiculous. (laughs) There's a lot of things that make like zero sense at all, but. But that that would have
0: have been been... just like, okay, that's just being ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what other characters do you, I mean, if you want to talk about all of them, we can try and get to all of them, but what (laughs) other characters do you definitely want to talk about? Okay. I guess we should. Talk
1: about Sarah, because um, she's probably Chuck, <laughs> Sarah, and Casey. I guess are our main main yeah, characters. Yeah, I would say
0: definitely them, and definitely yeah. the sister too.
1: Right. Think. So um, Sarah is a total badass. She was recruited by the CIA in high school, so she's this is the only life she's ever known. She is like one track mind. She works for the CIA. This is it, and you can see through the seasons, Sarah evolving to get kind of softer, I guess is probably Mm -hmm. not the right word, but and her and Chuck kind of pick up each other's traits of he, you know, becomes more serious and a better spy and she kind of learns that there's like a life outside of just aliases and going on missions and that she kind of Starts to think like maybe I can't have like a normal life with this guy. She, uh, I don't know if gosh, I don't. I'm so bad at the order of episodes, but I don't know if you've got to the episode with her dad yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I have. And just kind of that life of her dad was a con man, and it's all she's ever known is just making up stories, and she like barely knows who she is anymore. But I, one thing I really like about the show in general is that every single character becomes better through the seasons. Sarah kind of turns into a real person and not just like a spy robot, like person. And Casey becomes a better person. Morgan grows up and becomes like manager of the (laughs) Bymore. And everybody, nobody stays the same throughout the whole five seasons. And I think that really helps a show whenever there's like character development and growth and they become better people but -hmm. I think Sarah might have been the most changed by everything and I think that's really what is super tragic about the last episode that the fans kind of are torn kind of like mixed on as everybody is kind of upset we can talk about the last episode later if you want but I don't want to spoil it for you
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am kind of like you. There are some things that I won't spoil, like some things I'm like I can't spoil it. But I, there are some things where I'm like, okay, I'm fine with spoilers,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and I know you've said you're fine with spoilers before, so I'm okay with them usually. It, but we'll we're definitely going to get into the mm-hmm. last episode because I always think when the show is gone, it's good to re- to touch on the finale and how people feel about the finale and stuff and how it how it wrapped up.
1: Yeah, it was a very divisive finale for people. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And there are a lot of those out there. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, and for Sarah, for me, you know, it's interesting to watch the actress in this because to me, I associate her with some pretty unsavory characters. Like <laughs> I, of course I associate her with one of my least favorite characters in Dexter, Hannah. I hated her in Dexter. She was just absolutely just I hated her. <laughs> Uh, and so I associated her with that and then of course and I've only seen the first season of Handmaid's Tale but of course Handmaid's Tale she's also uber villain and uber Mm -hmm. bad person so even though she's playing a character that is starts out a little bit colder and icier she has from I think from the beginning you can see she has a little bit of a sensitive side to her and she has more to her than she's letting on because you see that with the fact that she's mourning the death of Bryce Uh, And but she's not allowed to mourn. But you, she has these moments or she has this moment when Chuck is like, just tell me something real about yourself. And he's asking her all these questions. And then he starts to leave. And she says, you know, under her breath, my middle name is and I can't remember what her middle name is, but she says it under her breath. And you could see this look on her face like if only I could be real with somebody and actually open up to somebody and so I think that's her big, f- I think a lot of the reason she probably got into this life is because of the fact that her dad was so messed up and took her on all these, you know, scams and her whole life was about that. And she was the outsider in high school. Cause you have that episode where she goes to her high school reunion and all that stuff. So, you know, that she had a really, really hard life. And so her, best defense is to have is to be basically nobody and so nobody can get close to me and that means i don't get close to anybody so i don't have to lose anybody else and i think because chuck is the exact opposite of that chuck is like let's any but everybody and basically open book (laughs) yeah he's completely open and so for her to meet somebody like that who wants to get to know her even though he knows that she is this spy that she's doing all this other stuff that she's Killed people. He knows all this stuff about her. He still wants to get to know her. So I think that's what starts. Because she's already changing when I'm watching it. So I can only imagine how much further that goes. But I think that's really what is the catalyst for her to start changing. Is having somebody like Chuck around. And also I think dealing with the loss of Bryce. But I think really Chuck is the big catalyst there. That helps change her. And so I want to know. Do you. Do you ship them together? Do you-
1: <laughs> I do. I think they're perfect for each other. I I don't like the will they won't they thing. I think that went on for too long. I'm sure you've probably figured out they do end up together. Yeah, I
2: figured that. But
1: figured. <laughs> the whole the the cover story of having to be dating was cute at first, and I can't. It kind of went on for too long, and they both had feelings, and they neither one did anything about it and then they broke up and but I do I think that they're perfect for each other I think they're really great and it's funny that you mentioned that you associate her with other characters because every time I see her in something this is this was her I'm first sure. this was her first yeah. American acting job so the, she I think the story goes that she'd been in the United States for like three days when she got this job wow yeah which that's pretty is, amazing right they like literally wow. got her as soon as she wow. got here so yeah it's funny that you because yeah whenever I see her in like Dexter or Handmaid's Tale I'm like <laughs> but you're so nice stop it and she's like <laughs> genuinely Yvonne Strahovski is like a genuinely like nice person like, mm-hmm. someone that pretty shouldn't be that nice it's just like not fair <laughs> but She's so great. She's so nice in all the interviews she does. She's done a ton of like Comic Con panels and stuff like that. And she's hilarious and so funny. Just someone shouldn't be that
0: nice. You know, you know what? I I have a theory about, about that. I think when people play really, really bad characters a lot and they're playing evil people or very, you know, complicated, icy people, I think in real life, The majority of them are the exact opposite of that, Mm -hmm. because I think it's a lot of fun to dive into something that's not yourself and that's why you want to act. So I think I think that's part of it. I mean, I'm not saying every single actor that plays a jerk is great and wonderful, but I just think that that's the case a lot of times. And she's not a jerk in this. I'm not saying she's a jerk in
1: this. But I'm just saying
0: that
2: I, Other I just associate yeah. her as an
0: actress, not as a person. Yeah. I associate her with those. So, But it makes sense yeah. that you would associate her with this. Because if I had watched this first, I would, that would obviously be my first reaction when I watched Dexter. But, yeah, I like them together. I think they have good chemistry. Uh, I think it's interesting to watch... Her when she gets jealous and she's not outwardly jealous, but she gets jealous. You can see she does subtlety really well. And so you know when uh, Chuck's girlfriend from college comes back, and then she ends up being, you know, everybody in his life ends up.
1: <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is a spy. Being
0: a spy,
1: <laughs> it gets so much more complicated. Just wait. <laughs>
0: So, you know, of course, she ends up being a spy, but you watch her during that of having these very complicated feelings because, you know, he says pretty much he's he says a couple times like, well, let's just really date. And she's the one who kind of puts the brakes on it. I mean, I know he does sort of, but it's mainly her. So I'm just I'll be curious. Well, I you can spoil it for me. So when do they become like a couple? When does that actually happen?
1: So at the end of season three, I think, let me refer to oh, my seven wow, pages that is of a, notes. That, is I know. A,
0: that really is a long will they, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really long. I was thinking that it was going to happen in this season. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know it's an episode called Chuck versus the Colonel. Cause they kind of break up and it, he dates other people really yeah. dates. And then she gets jealous and, Kind of goes back and forth for a while.
0: Wow, that's that's a long, long time.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, because then it's season at the end of season four is when he proposes to her. So they basically got like two seasons actually really together.
0: Oh, he proposes to her. Okay. Yes, it's so sweet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to well, a Jeffster song. So. <laughs>
0: Have that to look forward to. Yeah, that. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about Casey because I love the character of Casey. I just I think Casey is amazing. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts? He Casey? he is. He's
1: great. He's so grumpy. He's. <laughs> this is how this is how I sold it to Sasha is that Jane from Firefly is in it and he's basically the same thing but an NSA agent and she was like I'm in. <laughs> because he's like grumpy and he makes Mm -hmm. grunts like there's a joke about like there's like seven different kinds of casey grunts and like that was number three and (laughs) he loves his crown vic like he loved his gun and firefly (laughs) um he's like the super soldier he he was also recruited by the government at a very young age and kind of Uh, faked his own death so that he could be in this like super secret, very tough guy squad. And he's like on the surface, he's like everything that probably neither one of us would like. (laughs) Like, (laughs) He doesn't want to talk about his feelings. He's very like everyone needs a gun and he's got a Mm -hmm. picture of Ronald Reagan, like hanging in his locker at work and hanging in his living room at his house. And um Tells Chuck that he should like, he's got his lady feelings and he sh- should just bottle it all up. And he's very, very like macho man, but then he's so sweet too. And you can tell he'll do anything for his team, and he's reluctant at first, but these guys are his team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of gets softer, um, as the series goes on, just like Sarah, and he finds out he has a daughter and he becomes like a dad and will protect her at all costs and then he even finds like a girl version of himself uh, in another spy and like falls in love it's really sweet so mm-hmm. i think he's great i think adam baldwin is great
2: mm-hmm. he's
1: good in everything I- i've i started watching the last ship because he was in it because it's totally not anything that i would normally watch but it's a good show, probably because he's in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. I love those kind of characters. Uh, the grumpy, you know, they really are people that in real life, you would never want to hang out with <laughs> these people ever. But they're just fun to watch. And he is really, really good. And I like watching, you know, when you'll see a little bit of that hard shell crack and that grumpiness crack. And there's the whole part where he's told that he has to, you know, kill Chuck and he has to kill Chuck. And you can tell that he really doesn't want to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. like trying to imagine doing it. And he, and it frustrates him so much. I think the <laughs> fact that he let anybody in, especially Chuck, because Chuck is so the opposite of him. I mean, talk about opposite. It's like yeah. completely day night. But at the beginning, and, he was yeah. just ready to kill him. He was like, yeah, he's like. We can't just get this over with. And I thought, you know, when I first started watching it, I thought Casey was going to be like the foe and was going to be like the nemesis throughout. I mean, that quickly was revealed not to be the case, but I thought that's what was going to happen is that he was going to be the one that was going to always be trying to get Chuck. And then they'd they'd fool him again. And I'm glad it didn't go that route because I think that would have been kind of old and tired. But yeah, I I just think he's really, he's pretty awesome. I think he's just, he's so much fun to watch. And yeah, Adam Baldwin is just, he's so funny without trying to be funny. That's why he's funny. He doesn't have to try. He just is funny. With a
1: straight face. Just, yes, he's so good at delivering how.
0: lines and his expression and the way he reacts to things around him and just little things he does like. Like I don't even know what episode it was. It was early on, and somebody in the store, because you know, he's pretending to work there at Buy More, and somebody there was annoying him or something or asking him something, and he just like, oh, it was Morgan was training <laughs> him, and he was to asking him, Do we have any um-
1: the Ramones, man? The yes, Ramones. the
0: Ramones. And he just gets so annoyed and he pushes him down. <laughs> or he's like, Oh, we do have Ramones. But it was just so this the way he did it was just like boom, just uh you know, he's kind of like, he's kind of like a Ron Swanson type too. He's yes. kind of got the Ron Swanson in him too. Mm. And I love Ron Swanson. So it's kind of like that. Uh, if Ron Swanson had been even harder and decided he was going to go be in the CIA, <laughs> this would have been him.
1: If Ron so, Swanson didn't hate the government so much. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Although Ron Swanson works for the government. <laughs> so, you know, Hey, but yeah, I he's, mean,
1: yeah i love the interactions between him and morgan and Mm -hmm. how they do evolve into a friendship and what's he call him at the beginning the bearded idiot (laughs) (laughs) and then they like end up living together and it they have like a true genuine friendship by the end of it they go on missions together and
0: it's great (laughs) yeah he's 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 a lot of fun he's I just love watching him and the way he does things are just it's just so well written and well done and well-performed. So yeah. And what are your thoughts on Chuck's sister, Ellie?
1: I, I like Ellie and I like awesome. And I think they're great together. Um, I feel so bad for her cause she just gets her heart broken over and over again of different things. Her mom left whenever she was young and then her dad left and she was stuck, not stuck, but she was taking care of Chuck as like the mother figure Mm -hmm. um, for so long. And then their, their dad comes back and then their dad dies and she loses him again. I think in the same episode that he comes back and it's just so tragic. And then she, she meets awesome. And I think he is awesome. And I say <laughs> awesome too much I think cuz of this show. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I think she's great and I really like Devin, too. Uh, I think they're they're kind of perfect together. Like they're this perfect couple of doctors and she wants so bad for Chuck to do something with his life because he's got so much potential and she sees that and that's like such a mom move of like you can do whatever you want you're Mm -hmm. amazing and she like the first episode when she throws him a birthday party and it's just a bunch of her doctor friends that she's trying to set him up with (laughs) yeah she just wants the best for him and it does it is kind of unfortunate that unfortunate that it takes so long for her to be able to find out that he is doing something with his life and he's not just working at the buy more because it was such a relief to her to know that oh my god like he is doing something that fulfills him and that makes him happy and he's got purpose and it kind of gives her permission to not worry about him so much Mm -hmm. and so if she had found out that earlier i think she would be a lot less stressed she's always super high strung (laughs)
0: Yeah, she is. She is. But yeah, she's she's definitely got that older sibling thing where when you're an older sibling, you already have that caretaker mentality and you already have that thing of wanting to take care of uh, take care of your siblings and and almost be a second parent in a way, even if it's not thrust on you, you still it's just already there. And she definitely has that. But 10 times, you know, tenfold because of the fact that she really had to be a parent. And I like that she's so welcome and open and I, it makes sense that she wants to be a doctor because of the fact that she just wants to take care of people. And even though she wants better for Chuck, it's never seen as like this thing where it's like she's judging him. It's more that she knows what his potential is and she just, her heart breaks for him. So you never see her like judging the fact that he's Working there or judging his life choices, and and she really likes Sarah. I I, she just really likes Sarah. That's like this very very evident evident thing. And she's like, Sarah is the best.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's okay with dating the girl from Wienerlicious. Like her job's fine, but she wants Chuck to have a
0: better job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I love.
1: I love her interactions with Morgan, too, about how Morgan is just absolutely in love with her to, like, Mm -hmm. almost like a creepy stalker way. And then later on, they come to accept each other and realize that they're they're family. And I think it helps that Morgan gets a girlfriend. She's less creeped out by him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that could really, I mean, honestly, right. yeah, that could be very, very creepy if <laughs> there's, a, there's the a guy who's just stalking you constantly. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. She mm-hmm. Morgan took her pillow t- as his date to see to junior prom or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, that is a little creepy.
1: <laughs> right. And then we kind of I think it got to be too much, and then we moved on and they're 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 friends now and yeah. 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 Right.
0: Well, do you want to talk about Morgan? Anything you want to say about Morgan? Oh, I've already mentioned him. Yeah,
1: I think he's so sweet. He is just like the best friend that anybody could ever ask for. He will do anything for Chuck. Um, I think probably Morgan has been sticking around the buy more because Chuck is at the buy more and he could probably do something better with his life also, but he once, he, he said it's like the greatest thing to work with his best friend every day and again the character development of how he becomes a, a grown-up basically he was like this big man child and mm-hmm. then he he realizes he's got dreams too and he wants to be a benihana chef in hawaii <laughs> 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 he quits and he goes and does that and he comes back and realizes like the Morris is home because he's with his best friend and um it really is one of the greatest things whenever he finds out that chuck is a spy and he's just like totally pumped like on board like this is the most awesome thing ever. How can I help? Uh, and then the, the comedy ensues of him wanting to be a spy and Casey telling him, no, you idiot. And <laughs> <laughs> trying to train him as a spy. And <laughs> oh my goodness. And it goes on later on. Um, he gets to intersect for a while and it doesn't work out. Poor, poor Morgan and his frosted tips. Um, <laughs> goodness uh, they do a great job with with all of the characters um even whenever i don't love the parts when morgan's got the intersect but it's still entertaining i i love that they put him in charge of the buy more finally and that big mike is is there and that big mike is dating morgan's mom is <laughs> one of the greatest things ever and um, Big Mike looks looks to him like a son, and doesn't care that he took his job and that he works for him now. He's just so proud of him, and he's got got kind of like everything that he wants right there: his friends and his family. He gets to
0: hang out with every day. That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, though. I yeah yeah. It's it's interesting listening to you because there's all this stuff that I'm like, oh, there's so much that I have to look for. <laughs>
1: I'm so excited for you that you get to watch all this brand new
0: (laughs) it's like when you introduce somebody to a new show there's a few levels of emotions there I mean honestly I think people out there people who listen to this are fans and in fandom and stuff so you understand when you're a fan of something and it means a lot to you and you recommend it to somebody and they start watching it I think there are a few things you go through you're like please let them like this. If they don't like this, it'll be really, it's weird because it'll be hard to listen to or take or, you know. And then the other thing is if they do like it, watching them discover things and, you know, especially like, because right now I've been watching Carla discover queers folk. And even though she breaks my heart because she doesn't like Brian at all. And she (laughs) says like the worst things about Brian, but it's fun watching her because she'll say certain things. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, you have no idea what's coming. That's going to be about that. And, and so I'm sure it's the, the same feeling because it is. It's great when you get to watch somebody discovering something that you love so much, and especially if they end up liking it, too. So, yeah, it's a it's a nice feeling.
1: Yeah. Get it's it. like, tell me what you watch. Tell me what you feel about it. What What's next? Yeah. Like, oh, uh-huh. you're going to be so excited <laughs> in three episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially if you hear someone say, like, oh, I just wish this would happen. And you know, in your mind, it's going to happen and you know <laughs> when it's going to happen. And you're just like, okay, you're going to be really excited when it does. And especially the way it happens, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's fun. And then I also think when you love a show so much, there's a part of you that's like, I wish I could go back and relive actually seeing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that experience of discovering it or seeing certain things that happen. Same thing with movies as well. So yeah, the power of art, art, art is pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, and one of my like biggest regrets
1: is I didn't watch this whenever it was live on TV.
0: Oh, I thought you did. I know
1: it kills me. So my friend kept telling me to watch it and I feel like this is how it was for a lot of people and why it didn't get as popular as it did because I feel like he didn't explain it right to me. He was just like, it's a spy show and it's hilarious. I'm like, I don't like spy shows. The sounds really dumb. And then I think a year after, yeah, I think in 2013, it got put on Netflix. And then I watched it and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this was so good? And he's like, I tried.
0: Like I did tell you, you didn't listen. Right.
1: (laughs) Try harder next time. God. Because yeah, it was like really tragic of like that's that's the end. seriously, like I can't watch anymore ever again. why this is the greatest show on TV that I didn't watch on TV.
0: <laughs> well then, uh well, then I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit here, but let's talk about that because this show was always on the bubble and it was supposed to be canceled after season one and then the fans, you know, campaigned for it and it ended up that Subway basically was saved the show. That <laughs> uh, was yeah. a lot of what happened. And their deal was that Subway would appear in the show in some <laughs> form or
1: another. <laughs> right. The Subway placement is just so it's it's not annoying. Like there's some shows you watch and you're like, oh my God, are they really doing that? <laughs> Especially some of the car placements in some yeah. shows. Um like all I can think of is burn notice and like how hard they pushed that stupid Hyundai sports car thing and like <laughs> unnecessary chase scenes to like feature the stupid car. Um but the one of the great things about this show was that it was set in a retail store, so they had the potential for like a crazy amount of product placement. And that's kind of what helped the show all along its whole run was that they they said that every single thing in that store was a product placement, like the ATM, the chase ATM at the front door. That was a product placement, like everything in there. And so that kind of helped cut down the costs and, and the fees to NBC so that they could keep it on the air for longer. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, at the end of season two, uh, there was a big campaign for everyone to buy foot long subs from subway on the like season finale day. And people were supposed to fill out the comment card saying this is for Chuck. And it totally worked. Subway was, like, on board. Subway called and was, like, we'll do this. Um, There was a couple other, like, smaller campaigns, too. But I think the Subway thing was the most successful. People, this is, like, these fans are passionate. It's, It's a smaller fan base, but, oh, my gosh, they a lot of these shows like this have smaller fan bases, but they're super, super passionate. I think um, just like what's going on with Winona Earp right now, or I think there was like a similar campaign to save psych with pineapple situation. And, but it totally worked. And even like Zachary Levi took like a couple hundred people to a subway that day and like bottom all sandwiches. Because <laughs> like the cast, what really helped was like the cast and crew were on board with this too. They were tweeting and trying to get everybody uh, to call the network and tweet about it and go buy your sandwiches. And then it worked. And they're like, the product placement was just hilarious. Like they're, they're bribing people with the subway sandwiches and the, <laughs> the Jeffster Jeff's everyone like talks about their favorite sandwiches and Jeff's favorite sandwich is like a tuna parm or something. It's so <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and they, they bribe them to work overnight for, uh, a foot long and he's like ha i would have done it for a 6 inch like the way they worked <laughs> it in was just so great i didn't yeah. even mind it like some stuff season 3 i think also they were like right there on the edge um and they just barely got renewed um it for season 4 as well gosh mm-hmm. i just this is another question of like if it had been on a different network Or even at a different time. Um, Could we have saved it. You know for at least. A full fifth season. Because there was only 13 episodes in the last season. Which was nice because they knew. Like that was it. And they got to wrap it up. Unlike some shows where they just like get cancelled. And it's over. So I appreciate that they were able to. Finish everything. Mm -hmm. But the subway stuff is just classic. (laughs)
0: Well, it's funny it's because, and then you said the pineapple, and then you know, it's funny how food is used to try and save some shows or food it, products. Yeah. Because I know with Roswell, the original Roswell, when it was on oh, the yeah. WB, when they were trying, when they tried to save it after the first season, they sent Tabasco sauce because the aliens put Tabasco sauce on everything, so they sent tons of Tabasco sauce to Warner Brothers to try and save the show. So, and I mean, it did, I mean, the show was only run for three seasons, but it did work, but still it is amazing. The power of it
1: is. Yeah. And like Veronica Mars, they were sending Mars bars to (laughs) them. And I think even for, um, for Chuck, I think Nestle got on board somehow and sent like a thousand boxes of nerds to like the Warner brothers office.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I, I love hearing that, especially that it works. And I think now when you have social media, that stuff works even more than it did before because if you had social media during certain times and certain shows, I think it could have saved certain shows that didn't get saved. Yeah. Cause yeah. uh, Social media is a very, very powerful tool that people use. In a very positive way, sometimes I mean, because it's not always positive.
1: Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes it <laughs> you get out of control. Those supernatural people, man.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> the supernatural fandom, I'm not really involved in. I mean, I know a lot of people from that, and a lot of them are on this podcast, of course. I mean, that's how I met Aaron, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but we're nice people, exactly. Everyone exactly. in this, podcast. I don't know. I've heard some nightmare <laughs> stories about Twitter and like people having to just delete their whole Twitter because the fans can't separate like the character from the actor. And that is insane. This is why I don't have Twitter and why I don't understand how Twitter works, but
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. People will harass. We're going to be talking about and, and well, you're going to be on the fan of confessions episode. Sorry. You're not <laughs> on the other one, uh, but we are going to be talking about next week about the toxic relationships sometimes between fans and celebrities mm-hmm. and it's going to be both ways because celebrities can have a toxic side too <laughs> very toxic so we're going to talk about that and that's definitely part of it because i think sometimes people have this hard time of separating the character from the actor because the actor is not the character they're playing on tv and so they do they'll go after them but they do this with the supernatural fans do this with the writers they do it with all the creators They do it with each other because there's different factions. They do it. Shipping wars is the big thing within the supernatural fandom. So it is nice when you have fandoms that aren't really like that. Like I think the Mindy project fandom was never really like that. And I don't know if the Czech fandom is, is the Czech fandom more of a nicer, more welcoming. I think so.
1: From what I've seen, like I said, I wasn't involved in it when it was on the air and I'm really bad about being involved a lot in like the online fandom stuff, I think because mm-hmm. I don't don't do Twitter, I don't see a lot of that stuff. There, you know, back in the day when there was internet forums. Do I sound like an old person right now? <laughs> back in my day in when we had day. forum boards,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> America right. Online, when you do oh. <laughs> AOL, you'd go into the boards there, <laughs> or just I, even the boards that would be anywhere. Yeah, right. I yeah. IMDb.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I,
0: yeah. Tried to check the
1: boards, but I couldn't get my internet to dial in. Like. <laughs> God, it's great. Yeah, I'm really bad about um, getting super involved in in the fandom online communities. But from what I've seen, just from the people that attended the Nerd HQ stuff and the Comic Con stuff, everyone seems to be super appreciative. I think. I don't know if it's partly because the, the actors and the creators were so involved and so friendly with the fans from the start too, that, that might've helped as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I was just wondering if you knew, because I think sometimes when you interact with fans in person, as opposed to online, it's a totally different feeling. And I, th- and I think that's, be- that's, part of the downside of the internet is it's so anonymous because you can't really, you don't always see the person's face. So, and you can hide behind a different name so you can be as disgusting as you want to be Mm -hmm. and feel anonymous there. And so it gives a lot of power to trolls and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I wanted to talk about the music in this just because I'm a music geek and I love all the cheesy 80s and even late 70s music that's in this. And of course, like I said, I also love the use of the cake song in the, in the title sequence, the opening title sequence. So what do you, do you have any thoughts on the music or anything like
1: that? I agree. I think the music is fantastic. The, there's such a good balance between the pop songs and the classic songs and its own original score. It's done so well. And i I love that there's so many um yeah, like pop culture songs i'll I'll never hear that Oasis song and not think of Chuck. and the same thing with the cake song. Mm-hmm. like I'll never not think of Chuck, and that's probably like why we watch the opening credits because like it it just don't mind it and it makes me happy and it makes me smile. There's a lot of uh songs that are so prominently featured that you hear him on the radio and it makes you think of the show and i think that's like a really good uh sign of a good oh gosh i can't even remember what the per- term is for it but i think it's a really good sign of a well-crafted show mm-hmm. and there's a playlist on spotify it's called chuck versus the playlist where some very dedicated and amazing fan has has pulled all of the songs out and put it into one giant playlist for us. And it's amazing.
0: I'm going there right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. There is an official Chuck soundtrack, but it's only got like 20 or so songs on. And a lot of it's like original songs from the show, which is not bad either, but it also has all the Jeffster songs on it. Oh, Chuck versus the music complete. Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. So everybody go out there and find that Chuck, Chuck versus the Music complete. Yeah. I <laughs> <And laughs> think complete it's so, in all caps. Yeah. It's great. It's
1: got all of them in it. And I think it's even got the Jeffster songs. The the album the Chuck official soundtrack has the Jeffster songs which really aren't as funny without the context of them dancing on TV.
0: <laughs> so it doesn't work as well. It's
1: just cover songs at that point you don't get the entertainment of Jeff's Jeffster. One of the really big tragedies of my whole entire life is not seeing them at Comic-Con. So for 2009, San Diego comic-con, they opened up the Chuck panel with Jeffster performing fat bottom girls. And you can find it on YouTube. You just got to search YouTube for that, but it is it. Like I can only compare it to whenever Kansas came out and played at the supernatural <laughs> panel. Like <laughs> it's just so delightful. <laughs> and I, I like, if you're feeling bad and having like a rough day, just go watch that three minute clip of them from Comic Con, and it's it'll
0: Cheerio. make you smile.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, you've told me that a lot of people feel that the show went a little bit off the rails in seasons four and especially season five. And I heard you say that. I know you said like your husband doesn't even want to acknowledge that season five <laughs> exists. So I want. Do you think the show went off the rails? And do you, and if it did, do you think that was a good thing, or how do you think it went off the rails?
1: I think. Season four is okay. It's it's good. Definitely, probably season two, I think, is probably the best season. Season four was kind of rough because I think NBC initially only ordered 13 episodes. So they didn't know if it was going to be the end or not. And then they got an additional 11 episodes for a full season, um, like halfway through filming. So it kind of seems less fluid i guess there's i'm glad that they continued because like halfway through like the mid-season finale was literally called chuck versus the cliffhanger <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like why would you do this to us <laughs> but i thought it was really good season four gave us alexi volkov who is timothy dalton who was one of my favorite actors Probably because of this. I don't know. I'm not a huge James Bond fan, but if that's what you're into, that's fine. I think he's really great. I started watching Doom Patrol because he was in it, and I I love that show, too. (laughs) Season five kind of was a little ridiculous for my taste. That's whenever Morgan gets the intersect, but it's like a corrupted version, and it's like destroying his brain, and he kind of becomes like a bad guy for a little bit. And it all works out in the end, and it's fine. I feel, and yeah, my husband doesn't even want to talk about season five. Like, he's <laughs> just done. It's only 13 episodes. It was only like half season. I feel about season five, like, I feel about the the 12th Doctor, like, it's better than no Doctor, um, <laughs> but it's not my favorite. I'd, I'd rather have a season five than no season five. So I yeah. guess there's that, but yeah, it does get a little a little silly and then it gets to the end the last two episodes really on the edge of your seat and very very upsetting
0: huh yeah, yeah well, let's talk about that the ending of the show and it's fine you can go ahead and you can spoil <laughs> it. it's fine, it's fine oh, I wanna... don't want to. <laughs> if you don't watch, it, you don't have to. so it sounds like. You didn't really like the ending. Is that correct? I I
1: did, actually. I have mixed feelings. So the, the last two episodes was like a double episode that aired back to back. And basically what happens is there's... God, I don't even remember because I don't watch it very often but something had happened and sarah has to get the intersect in her head and obviously it wasn't made for everybody and it's she knows it's a corrupted version and she knows what it did to morgan it like destroyed his memory Uh, but to save chuck she's got to do it because she's no this is the man she loves and so she puts it on and it's like rapidly deteriorating her her brain and all of her memories basically of chuck everything is like all gone And she doesn't, yeah. And she doesn't remember him. And so it's like all, I can see how people are upset. It's like all that character development that you've worked on for the past five, four and a half, five seasons is like gone. She's reset back to the beginning and the bad guy convinces her that Chuck is the bad guy. And she's like, going to try and go kill Chuck. And it just gets, I don't know, very upsetting. But then the final, the final scene Morgan has this theory because he's been watching too many princess movies. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, Ellie and Awesome have a baby. Um and he's been watching too many princess movies with baby Clara and he thinks that all all Chuck needs to do is just kiss her and she'll remember everything. Because like it's got to work out. It's Chuck and Sarah. They're like meant to be together. They're perfect. There's been like little hints of how the memories may be in there that she remembered certain things that they had done together, but she didn't know why she remembered them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then that's like the very last scene of like this really tragic montage that like, will never not make me cry every time of she's like, well, tell me about us. And he tells her all this stuff. And then at the very end is like, she's like, Chuck kiss me. And then it just cuts to black. Like they kiss and then it's over and you never find out if she gets her memories back. Wow. Yeah. And so you can imagine like people want to know and I liked it because I get to imagine like everything was fine she remembered and they live happily ever after and it's great I guess some people don't want to use their imagination they just want to know and so it's been asked a lot of um, the actors and the creators and stuff a couple years ago when Zachary Levi was here for Denver Pop Culture Con that came up in his panel obviously (laughs) so people (laughs) want to know what he thinks about it and he said that he thinks that she got her memories back and they lived happily ever after and he was very adamant that he doesn't want it any other way (laughs) 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 and everyone (laughs) just went crazy so what do you think what do you think i think yes i think she got her memories back they lived happily ever after living like doing spy missions together and everything was great and yeah, I will. know If they ever <laughs> do, there's always like some random internet campaign to get a Chuck movie or something. If they ever do that and they're not together, I feel like there's going to be riots in the streets.
0: I was wondering, I was going to ask you that actually, if there was any talk about, you know, cause there's a lot of shows like that where they'll go off the air and they're smaller mm-hmm. shows and people want more. And so they want to have a movie you know, I know that was. I mean, and of course, Psych had a couple of movies. I know Veronica Mars, of course, had a movie, and I know that a lot of people, including myself, wanted there to be a supernatural movie. Which I don't think that's going to happen now with the way Supernatural ended. I don't think that'll ever happen. Who knows? It's supernatural, but uh, but do you, would you want a movie? Would you want more?
1: Well, that is like a double-edged sword because like, we got a Veronica Mars movie and it was kind of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is what you want. This is what you get. And then you yeah. can't take it back. Uh, I think I would if, and I don't think that the creators um, would do that to us. Like they're really in touch with the fans and a lot of this, the, the storylines that they had mm-hmm. were because of, feedback from the fans. So I don't think that they would do something dirty like that to us. Um, I mean, at the beginning, um, awesome was supposed to be a bad guy and he was supposed to be a spy for the ring. And then everyone loved him and they were like, Oh God, we can't do this to people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They realized at the beginning, Morgan was just like a little bit too annoying for people. And they like toned it down uh, because he's just a lovable idiot. Um, But he was like just a little too much. And, so I don't think they do that to us. I think it would be okay. I think it's going to I don't think we're going to get it. Uh, I think everyone is too big of actors now, everyone's too busy mm-hmm. and they've said that before of like the show's definitely not coming back. Like we could maybe do like a Christmas special episode or something cuz they're really great at Christmas specials, but and all of the actors are up for it. It gets asked at every single panel that they do no matter. Yeah. What? And they're all up for it, but I think it's a matter of actual timing. And even like the creators are busy doing other projects and stuff too. Mm-hmm. but they they never totally rule it out. They just like string us along, please, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> but, yeah, there's always some random internet campaign to bring Chuck back, which is definitely not going to happen. I think our best chance is probably like a TV special. But yeah. I think they really miss an opportunity here to incorporate the buy more into more NBC shows. That would have been or Jeffster doing cameos at like birthday parties and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like they had this yeah. whole store set up. They could have like had the buy more in there because their employees, because all of the background actors th- that were employees, they were the same throughout the whole thing. And they all kind of had their own little snippets of storylines too. So oh, I think really? they, sh- they should have used the Bymore and Jeffster and other stuff would have been hilarious. Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, I was just wondering if he if he would want to end. I haven't seen it, of course, but the ending to me, it doesn't sound I thought you were going to just say like it ended and she didn't remember him or she tried <laughs> to kill him or he had to kill her or something like oh really- my God. Out there like that, just the way it was set up, but which would have been, which really wouldn't have fit the show. So Yeah, that would have been terrible. That would have been really bizarre. So, but it does sound to me, the way you described it, it sounds like in my mind, and I'll let you know if this is how I really feel after Mm -hmm. I see it, is it sounds like he told her all these memories of their life. He told her their life story and that made her remember. And that's why she said, kiss me. Mm -hmm. The end you know but yeah but I'll let ha- you know if I agree with that
1: <laughs> I am a happily ever after person I always want to believe happily ever after so
0: <laughs> and I'm a pessimist but there are th- <laughs> I am such a pessimist but there are things when I want to believe a little bit but you know like on our to-, to all the boys episode everybody had these really elaborate things drawn out of where these characters ended up and how it was all going to be amazing and I'm like eh, nah I don't think that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they did do a
1: good job of wrapping every everybody's storylines up, kind of.
0: Everyone's, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: They didn't leave us hanging for anything. Like, uh, Ellie and Awesome got their dream jobs. And Morgan and Alex are together. And Alex gives Casey permission to, like, go to his girlfriend and tell her you love her. And it's fine. You know, every everything worked out for everybody in the end. So I don't know why it wouldn't work out for Chuck and Sarah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it doesn't, it seems like it's a more optimistic show, but Mm -hmm. sometimes shows that are optimistic can sometimes even go off the rails and become less optimistic. Right.
1: (laughs) It's not, it's not like a Dexter level finale betrayal or anything like that.
0: (laughs) There's not much that is a Dexter level finale (laughs) betrayal. And, and, and Hey, she was um, Yvonne. How do you say her last name? Astrakhovsky. Thank you. She was part of that yeah, disaster. <laughs> uh, oh
1: god. Well, and it's crazy how many of these people have been in other shows and it's crazy how many amazing like special guests they've had. And it's Dexter's fault that CS Lee, he was the original store manager and he left yeah. to be on Dexter and that's why they had to replace him. <laughs> but they've had a crazy amount of amazing actors in this too and i think that helps with the fans um just the nerdiness knowing Mm -hmm. that it's written by nerds for nerds and it has all these special guests of like these super random people that if you're a fan like you're a fan and you know who these people are i don't know and so many people on here that i only only think of their role on chuck for like I know Carrie Ann Moss is like a very famous person, and mm-hmm. I'm sure she's in a lot of other things, but I can't think of a single thing besides Chuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that 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 happens. That's what happens. You know, yeah. people get known for one thing. But
1: yeah. Yeah. But then all the all the came like, I don't know if you've got to the episode with Robert England.
0: Uh, <gasps> no, I definitely have not got to that. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Oh my gosh. This is
1: so exciting. It's a Halloween episode, also. So awesome. Um awesome. yeah. All kinds of um, little things for the nerds in there. Summer Glow has a cameo who was in Firefly. All kinds of different people. Mark Pellegrino and um, Mark Shepard, both from Supernatural.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like Mark Pellegrino. He's, a, he's mm-hmm. a total ass, so I don't care. I oh. mean, I, mean, I, I so I is know. his
1: character, so it's fine.
0: Oh, I already saw that one that was with the one with his girl with his old girlfriend coming back, right? And that's, yeah, that's the only one yeah, but I love Mark Shepard, so that'll be cool to see him and and of course, I love Robert England. I mean,
1: yeah, it's you know. a good episode. It's really <laughs> good.
0: yeah awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add before we close out? I just think it's it's
1: the perfect show it it was truly created like by a bunch of nerds for a bunch of nerds. The creators, um, I don't think we even talked about them, but Chris Fedak and Josh Schwartz are really brilliant. And those two together, I mean, they're working on uh, a lot of other great stuff now. Um, Chris Fedak is one of the creators of Prodigal Son, which I think we've talked about on the show before as well. I just can't imagine liking a show as much as Chuck. I don't know why it's got a lot of heart and it's funny and it's entertaining and adventurous, but.
0: Well, also, yeah. And Prodigal Son is like, I mean, I started watching it and then Hulu stopped carrying the first season. So I don't oh, know where no. I am with it. So, and it's Fox. So I don't know. But, uh, but that's talk about totally being the opposite of. Right. <laughs> this. That's
1: like- well, and it's so weird because Josh Schwartz came he was one of the creators of the OC which is oh really so random to go from that to this yeah but um i mean and there is even some actors from the OC on this and that's um i think how he found jeff oh god his name is escaping me and this is terrible scott Krinsky. um he was like just some random almost extra in the OC and he was like that's the guy like that's jeff it's going to be great <laughs>
0: Well, this has been fun, Erin. Thank you for sitting down with me and talking about this. And I'm excited to discover a lot of things that are ahead in this show. And it's just been fun to talk about this. So thank you. And I'm glad that you bullied me. She didn't. but.
1: I'm not that mean, I guess. No, not I'm at all. excited to watch to like hear your reactions to as things happen. You got to keep me updated.
0: I definitely will, and you'll definitely know when the when the Robert England episode comes along. Yes. There's certain people that when they come out, I'm like. Uh, so, if you want to just tell everybody where they can find you, um,
1: I am on Instagram. Oh my god, I almost said Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, <laughs> so. We gotta stop talking about Twitter. I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Geek and So. That's what I do. at geek and I sew things, and that's pretty much the only place you can find me,
0: other than on our Instagram, <laughs> right? And our Instagram at It's yes. a Thing Pod. <laughs> yes, that's where you can also find Aaron. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I am on Twitter. That's where my main. <laughs> at E, April Beauty, the E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback or if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And remember, tomorrow night, since this is on Friday, so tomorrow, May 15th at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on both Facebook and YouTube, we're going to have our first live trivia night. So if you want to be on there, you can go to our links um, and our link tree and you will see a link there to sign up that closes like at 5.58 p.m. on May 15th, 5.58 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And we'll only have up to 20 people. And like I said, there's going to be amazing podcasts. So keep an eye out for all of that stuff. Uh, The link to the actual broadcast, I'm going to be creating it. It's already going to be out there. So you can bookmark it and then follow us on YouTube. And you can also do that because once again, we are streaming now. So this is a whole different world that I've entered, but we are streaming once a week. It's a lot of fun. I like being able to see the live comments so our friends episode was a ton of fun so i'm really looking forward to this one and then also next week we are going to be doing two topic episodes we're back with those we're going to be aaron's going to be back to talk about it's not going to be just aaron though it's going to be aaron meg tiff and um carla are going to be on that one and we're going to be talking about um fandom confessions so it'll be just a fun little (laughs) little episode to do and then we're also going to be doing an episode on um the toxic relationship between fans and celebrities sometimes until next time remember it's a fandom thing black lives matter and stop asian hate thank you again for listening to it's a fandom thing be sure to rate and review us on apple podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms our logo was designed by Brooke Belly, with cover art by Carla Temmis. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?